Well, welcome to this podcast, which includes highlights from the recently published special edition of Healthcare Quarterly on patient and caregiver partnership and health research. This special edition was developed through a partnership between the Ontario Strategy for Patient-Oriented Research Support Unit, known as OSSU, uh, and Longwoods Publishing. And I'm Ann Wojtek, and I was the guest editor for this publication, and I'm also pleased to be the moderator for this podcast. I'm joined today by two individuals who are part of the strategic vision behind this special edition, Vasanti Srinivasan mm-hmm. and Dean Ferguson. We will start by asking Vasanti and then Dean to introduce yourselves and your connection to this work. So let's start with Vasanti. Well, thank you, Anne. I'm Vasanti Srinivasan. I used to be with the federal government for the first 17 years of my career. My job took me through social policy in many directions, along with producing evidence for that policy. So it was a natural when I came to Toronto, I wanted to head the research unit in the ministry. The opportunity came by, I took it. After a few years, I was made assistant deputy minister of strategy, policy, and research. Gave me a fantastic opportunity to connect with researchers in Ontario because we are the only jurisdiction that does not have a research agency. So through the ministry, we do all the research funding. So that was a perfect opportunity to meet, greet people, find out their strengths, which is what helped me in establishing ASU, which we will talk about later. Thank you. Yes, and I'm uh, Dean Ferguson. Uh, Thanks, Anne, for this podcast. And uh, I'm a a senior scientist here at the Ottawa Hospital, and I've been there here since uh, the early 2000s, uh, conducting a lot of clinical research and and frankly, what I thought at the time was patient-oriented research. Um, the one thing that was missing was the patients. So, so this is where I got on board here. Um, uh, conducting very pragmatic research has been my history. So, um, you know, answering everyday questions that, that uh, ideally matter, not just to the researchers and, and physicians and, and uh, healthcare professionals, but also the patients. And I became involved in uh, in OSU um, uh, right from the beginning, uh, and then assumed the uh, scientific lead uh, post about uh, two two or three years in, taking over from from David Henry. And I've been in that position since, and uh, it's wonderful to see the the sort of cultural shift in the the uptake of patient oriented research throughout the province. And uh, I think our I think the strategy has had a a rather profound effect in in doing so. Well, thanks both for those uh, introductions. Can you share with us some background on the Canadian Institutes for Health Services Research Strategy for patient-oriented research and where your organization fits in? As you know, Anne, Canadian Institute for Health Research, CIHR, as it's fondly known, spends over a billion dollars in health research every year. They've supported all kinds of health research, including health system and services. What the president and the senior leadership there found was there wasn't the real connection that they wanted between evidence generation and evidence mobilization to policy decisions being made. So the president of the Institute came around to ask the deputy ministers 
of all the provinces and territories to join. Because as you know, health in Canada is primarily a provincial territorial jurisdiction. So ask them to join in this research initiative where CIHR would put in half the funds and the province would come up with half the match. Because the idea was, if you don't put in money, you don't have skin in the game. So to get in, involved with the work and then be able to take in the evidence that's generated and use it for policy. So when uh, Dr. Alan Boudet came to Ontario, I was the assistant deputy minister. So we explained to him because the province is quite large, the largest 45% of the Canadian population, that what we could do is have a hub and spoke model. So ASU, the coordinating sits in the middle, but it has 14 research centers plus individual researchers who are part of this enterprise. We chose absolutely the best in each area. Dean's uh, area of expertise was methodology in Ottawa. So they came on board. We have ICES, whose responsibility is administrative data. So they came on board. McMaster came on board as a knowledge dissemination uh, enterprise. So we got the best and the brightest, put them together. I always say I bought shares in their enterprises and made this up so that we could pursue. The two main objectives that um, CIHR had was that this should, research should be patient partnered, and we can talk about that. And also it should contribute to a culture change in the research community where patient-oriented research would become just the way we do business. So that's how ASU was born in 2014, February, and it's been going strong since. We finished one phase, did two years of bridge funding from CIHR, and now with Dean's help as principal investigator, we're into our second phase for five years. That's amazing. And you know, it, it seems to me there's a, an increasing push at every level to involve patients and caregivers in all aspects of health system delivery from governance and policy to, you know, delivery on the ground and designing how we actually transform healthcare. Can you tell us a little bit, and maybe I'll ask Dean this question, mm -hmm. about what was happening in the research community that led to working with patients? Yeah, so, so if, we, if we go back pre-SPORE, mm -hmm. very, very few researchers were engaging patients, truly engaging patients. Obviously, they enroll patients in their clinical trials and their studies, but they never co-designed or designed uh, 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 their, their, their studies or set priorities with patients. And, um, you know, I think probably about 15, 20 years ago, there was, it was taken a hold in, in the United Kingdom as well as the United States. United mm -hmm. Kingdom, they have uh, the Involve Partnership, meaning involving patient and public uh, 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 partners in research. And in the, in the United States, uh, with uh, President Obama's Affordable Health Care Act, he created a funding for the, the PCORI, which is the, the Patient-Centered and Oriented Research Institute. 
And uh, those were really the catalysts for, for the research community um, uh, to think, geez, we, we need to be involving patients. We need to involve them in priority setting, in the project level, in governance, um, and uh, determining and developing patient-centered outcomes, et cetera. So that's where it was taking off in the UK and, uh, and US, and it was only a matter of time where it would reach uh, our, our shores, so to speak. And uh, so that was perfect timing with the, the strategy for patient-oriented research. Uh, because that gave us a mandate. It gave us a mandate at the support units like OSU, but also the the sort of more disease-oriented networks that they funded in primary care and di- diabetes and so forth. And um, and since then, it has really taken off. So we've gone from maybe one, maybe two in a hundred investigators or researchers involving patients to to much much higher than that. I, I probably dare say it's up 20 percent and increasing. And uh, yeah. We've seen it locally because we've built the infrastructure that uh, that OSU has has afforded uh, afforded us, as well as policies and so forth. So that was really the genesis of it. And uh, yeah, Vasanti, anything else? Down? Well, I just wanted to say, mental health was the first uh, area of research I was exposed to where patients were involved in every aspect of the work. The lived experience of patients was valued and was sought, the information was sought in order to come up with resolutions. So this was fascinating that other parts of the research community that we engage didn't quite have that level of patient engagement. So the engagement of patients at so many levels is critical to understanding what health research produces as impact stories. Would you agree, Dean? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the needs and issues of patients need to be addressed. And, uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that I'm sure many of the researchers and clinician researchers have that top of mind, but not always. Uh, they're more after the bigger clinical, the more clinically or mechanistic outcomes and, and not paying attention attention to what matters to patients. Um, uh, but that that's there's been a, a, a wave of change there or a combination looking at the yeah. more mechanistic, but also patient-centered outcomes in these. And, and we had to build a capacity within patients so that they could participate. Uh, what in otherwise, what could be quite daunting for them to be part of a table that had health researchers and for them to be able to exchange views on an equal footing. So the capacity building stuff continues with ASU and the strategy, because it's very important that these people be given the tools for engagement with researchers. And the researchers get the tools to engage with the patients. So it's it's for both sides. I think people would be interested in understanding a little bit more about those tools. Like, how did you actually support patients in the capacity building? Well, uh, there was two ways we could have gone. Um, Dean mentioned involved in the UK. Their model was to recruit patients, put them through interviews and establish a database from which researchers could draw people. That I thought would be quite difficult for us 
to establish, get the patients, make the database, engage the researchers. And I thought it would take time. For expediency, I just went the organic route. Let's get patients who are keen, interested in areas, and, and many generalists too, who could really participate in all kinds of work. And then facilitate the research community by introducing uh, the patients, affording them some courses. We've done uh, materials we've prepared for the patients. We've put them through courses, including courses with researchers. We do a masterclass where we bring researchers, policy community, caregivers, and patients so they can learn each other's perspective and learn to work together. Thanks. You know, when I um, when I reviewed each of the articles for this edition, it immediately struck me that the learnings around partnering with patients and caregivers have implications that go beyond research. Mm -hmm. so can you share like your thoughts on how uh, patient oriented research um, can support and, and what it can offer to the Canadian health system? Yeah, I'll let Dean go and then supplement. Sure. So I think right off the bat is just the democratization of research, right? Mm -hmm. It's public funding. Uh, so the public should, should have a voice, makes sense. Um, they should also have the opportunity to participate in, mm -hmm. in research, but that's probably for another podcast, but certainly have a voice. Um, and, um, you know, the bigger picture is to improve the research that is conducted um, and improve um, to make sure it's in align with with what the patients uh, are experiencing and 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 uh, and sort of the need, I guess, in a way. It also helps uh, that whole exercise also improves patient outcomes and 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 sort of uh, even at a population health. Uh, uh, level as well. As if we're doing the research that matters to the patient and co-designing studies with patients, that should transfer to, to not, not just better health, better health, but more efficient uh, uh, health care. And, uh, and finally, all that to me leads to greater public trust in science and, yeah. and clinical research and, and biomedical research. Um, they have a hand in it and a say in it, again, for prior, at a priority setting level or, or within projects, um, you know, they, they, it, it helps develop better that public trust. The, the institutes that I talked about who are part of ASU, each of them in their own right have advisory committees of patients interested in the particular work that they do. But we had to equip them with tools to be part of the co-design because questions or hypothesis to be tested were drafted. And then when patients looked at them, they had a slightly different perspective on how that could be asked, how it could be researched. And the researchers took that seriously and reframed uh, some of their work. So this kind of engagement, I think, is critical to producing results that will ultimately have impact on patients. That's the purpose of the whole medical science field, right? To help people. That's great. Thanks. And, you know, the, um, the Empower Awards seem like a really novel idea. Uh, and the patient advisors that we connected with, they shared that they felt like the, the name Empower Awards was aptly named 
Can you tell us a little bit more about the awards themselves and, and how you see them being positioned to support the Ontario Health System? Well, when we decided uh, our, our funding envelope, there was a little bit of money left over. So in year three, I was thinking of how, how do we best expend these dollars? Giving 150000 to one research project will yield results, of course, but won't have the impact if we could share that. So what we decided, the Empower came about through a chat in the office. What should we call this? And um, it was one of uh, my colleagues, Eddie Nason, saying, let's call it Empower. Oh, that sounds wonderful. So it's one of those things. But what it is, it's a knowledge mobilization award. It's given end of grant. It's not given to people when they begin their research. They're already funded. They've come some ways and are at the cusp of introducing this research, this knowledge generated to the field. So it's a small award, but I think it's highly impactful. When awardees are given this award, it's not given by us, it's given by patients. We have a two-step review. First is relevance for the uh, scientists, the research community, and the policy community to see how relevant is this project for what the health system needs. But then we pass it on to the patients. They look at it, look at how patients have been involved. Are these the issues they would like to see researched? And they make a decision and it's them that awards uh, the field. So they have felt, the patient partner working group has felt empowered through this, which is also empowering to patients. And we also do one thing, which is, I think, very critical. Once we award uh, these uh, grants of $25,000, we bring the team, the research team, which includes the researchers, students that they have in their research program, and patient partners to a policy session that's given by Dr. John Lavis from McMaster. At this session, they learn how to package their research. So they learn to make policy briefs. What does this mean for the world of policy? And there's a whole way of presenting it to decision makers. By that, I don't mean just the ministry or Ontario Health. It's everybody who's involved in the health field and is having to make policies all the time. So I think it's critical for them to have that course and they, they, they learn how to package their own research. And uh, they go away, and within a year, we have fabulous products, as you saw, in, in the healthcare quarterly. Thanks. Vasante uh, brings up a really good point about trainees that uh, needs to be made, that, that, that the OSU infrastructure, as well as the other support units and, and SCORE initiatives, are, are developing that next generation, mm -hmm. right? Of, of, you know, high, of investigators, early career researchers, highly qualified personnel, where patient-oriented research is now hardwired. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, so within a couple generations and maybe even, you know, a single generation, uh, patient-oriented research will just be the de facto. Ah, for the course, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and what was exciting to me about the, the special edition of Healthcare Quarterly is that we were able to highlight many examples of how researchers are collaborating with patients and caregivers to design, mm -hmm. conduct research. And of course, we also have patients and caregivers who are part of the editorial board. Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear from you, like, what did you learn through this work? Uh, let's start with Dean. Dean was chairing the editorial yeah. board, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it was, uh, I must admit, it was an amazing experience. I mean, working with uh, really good people, early career researchers, as you mentioned, uh, um, as well as uh, as pa our patient partners that have been with us all, all along. I think what we learned, it, it certainly demonstrates, um, one, that, that patients can be engaged uh, by the very nature of the uh, uh, projects that were at hand, but they can be engaged at many different levels, as such I mentioned before, at, at the individual project level, uh, um, trying to set and define outcomes that are important to patients or their families or, or their children, uh, which really matters because those outcomes are then carried forth in future studies and trials. Um, that they can be also involved in, in, in um, you know, priority setting, um, and, and we saw a bit of that as well. Um, and, and at the same time, it demonstrates there's an appetite for patient engagement in research and patient-oriented research across the province. And, uh, um, I, you know, again, the breadth and depth of different projects were, that were taken on across those categories. I think we also learned, um, you know, a few lessons that are, that are important. Um, one is uh, uh, flexibility, especially during the pandemic mm -hmm. where we... We didn't plan on uh, a virtual world, if you will. So as you can imagine, uh, uh, meeting uh, people virtually and, and establishing those links and, uh, and trust and relationships, um, it was difficult. Uh, but it set, uh, those were difficult uh, to get through, but we, we learned a lot and that's actually expressed in, in some of the articles. Um, I also think, you know, just flexibility in terms of how we approach patients, how do how do early career researchers or trainees or even seasoned veterans actually approach patients about research? Um, you know, there's a lot of assumptions that, that are made that um, uh, we need to sort of address, such as, you know, the, the, the knowledge level um, mm -hmm. of, of, you know, research design of the clinical area of that specific clinical area. And so there's we need flexible approaches. So some, some actually develop those tools and, and uh, instruments that Vasanti talked about earlier. And then finally, a big lesson is equity. It's, mm -hmm. it's equity within the patients that, that we're engaging. And uh, you know, we have to make sure that the, the patients that we try to engage reflect the population that we're trying to affect. And so um, you know, it, it can't all be uh, uh, in one direction. And, and that's difficult. We're still learning how to best do that, you know, in, in those that are, um, you know, that have, uh, you know, more disadvantaged, how we bring those, those uh, communities in, um, you know, along ethnicities, how we make sure they're represented. And that represents a whole a uh, whole other paradigm to deal with, right? In terms of uh, language and and uh, and you know traditions and so forth. So, I, I thought that came through, and uh, and it's certainly been top and center for 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 OSU for many years now, and and we're starting to address it. And and so there's a few again tools and and guidance within within the articles. Absolutely, and for example, in in the um, healthcare quarterly edition. 
we have an article from Dr. Jennifer Walker on indigenous issues. Now that's a whole different methodology. When they talk about patients, they're actually talking about community. They're not talking about singular patients. So how do we accommodate that? How do we design studies that'll include them? And they will do the work for themselves and take away the learnings from that because indigenous communities feel that they don't want to be researched on, but they will participate in research that they can themselves get involved in. So we have to adopt methodologies for each of the communities that we deal with. The same thing, Dean, with pediatric patients. I mean, it's not that we're always involving the young people. Sometimes we do, but sometimes it's the caregivers who speak on behalf of the patients. So all of these diverse issues have to be reconciled. But uh, it's, I'm very hopeful that, as you said, Dean, in, in one generation, we'll be able to make patient partner research just the way we do business. Yeah. Thanks. And, and maybe one final question for both of you, which is really centered on where to from here. Uh, so what, what do you think that we can expect to see as we think about the future of, of OSU and your focus on patient-centered research. What do you think? Where are we going to go? I'll let Dean go first. So I, I, think, I think what's what's on the horizon is actual patient and community-driven research. So flipping it around from mm -hmm. traditional academic researchers driving the agenda and the questions, we're now at the point where we're co-designing uh, and engaging patients in the public. And, uh, and even in the, in the issue of health healthcare quarterly, there, there's examples of, of patient or community. Um, I use the patient broadly, but patient or community uh, driven research. And uh, I think that's an amazing advance. And so I expect to see more of that. I also think the, you know, the, the big topic is around sustainability. How do we keep this going? And, uh, um, you know, uh, OSU and that infrastructure support is not going to last forever, uh, and it shouldn't. We need to demonstrate sustainability, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that within institutions, universities and hospitals and hospital institutes, um, engaging, you know, patients in the public, not just in research across, you know, uh, quality of care and, and so forth, but research is now uh, one of those pillars. And uh, uh, hopefully we, we do see more of that because it's everything else will follow. You need to build the system and support the system locally to live up to those principles. And, uh, and, uh, and I, we are seeing that without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Our foci for this phase, as, as Dean said, this is a strategy. We don't expect it to last forever and ever. But in this phase, we're focused mainly on knowledge mobilization and implementation science. Those are the two areas we've committed to doing with CIHR. So that involves patients at every step of the way. We will make sure that the thinking, the knowledge, Everything is spread across. We are responsible for the province, but we also sit with other uh, jurisdictions and share whatever our learning is and hope to learn from their experiences. So I'm hoping that we will continue with these awards and get more of a variety 
of uh, researchers wanting to, already engaged in patient-partnered research, just wanting that little bit extra with the training and the dollars to get their research into the policy uh, domain. So it, it's all boding well, and I hope with the sustainability and uh, a funder's table we've established, where Dean's Institution, Unity Health in Toronto, SickKids, CHIO, Montfort in Ottawa, et cetera, are all part of it. They've committed funds. They're more than funds. They have committed their research to follow along these um, broader policy lines. Yeah, maybe, maybe just to, you know, I, I always used to think that, that patients were the last to the table and, uh, and uh, that in many ways, they're sort of second last to the mm-hmm. table. The last to the table is actually the decision makers within the yeah. health system. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, Vasanti and, and, and Asu has really worked hard uh, through policy roundtables and so forth by bringing the, the decision makers and the health system leaders to the table. And uh, that makes a huge difference. So collectively, uh, our, our research is going to be much more responsible to, to, to their priorities and uh, while improving the health of our, our population. Well, thank you, Vasanti and Dean. I think that's a great note to end on uh, and a hopeful positive note for where we go from here. I really wanted to sincerely thank both of you for sharing your perspectives on patient partnership and research and in sharing what you've learned, as well as for your vision on advancing patient-oriented research and partnering with Longwoods to create this special edition of Healthcare Quarterly. Uh, It's really helping us to uh, share what you've learned uh, and the learnings from the researchers and patient partners and, and share it more broadly. So thank you.